Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where the newest way to ruin everyone's life is to write your horrible wish down in everybody's composition notebook. Book number 48, Slam Book Fever. Look what's hit Sweet Valley. hit Sweet Valley, everybody. It's it's this book, Slim Book Fever, and it's Sweet Valley Diaries, the newest episode with me, Marissa Flaxbart, your host, and return guest, three-timer now, Denise Boylan. Oh my god. I feel like Alec Baldwin when he hosts SNL. Well, welcome. I, I hope that we can offer you as rich a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rich a forum, a platform, as Alec Baldwin has uh, has made out of Sweet Valley. I'm sorry. Um, Saturday Night Live. They both start with S. They're both, they both three words. Yeah, I think it works. They're pretty interchangeable in everyday conversation, no matter what. So, uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope to make that a thing. That's one of the many <laughs> things we're trying to launch here at the Sweet Valley Diaries <laughs> podcast. We're trying to make the word hunk happen. And mm. we're definitely trying to make people accidentally say Sweet Valley Diaries when they mean to say Saturday Night Live. You're doing the Lord's work. I think you're doing great. Well, thank you. I think you're doing great, too. You're helping me by giving me these great ideas and encouraging me. <laughs> and by being a guest on my podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Denise Boylan, a, originally from the great state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's something about you. That is something about me. Um, yeah, born and raised just outside of Atlanta, and uh, and that actually now here in Los Angeles. That actually has some bearing. Every every tiny little bit of bearing on the plot of uh, or the characters we meet in Slam Book Fever. So I could not believe it. I also would like to say to everybody who cannot see me, as this is a podcast, that I have red hair, and this new guy is a redhead from Atlanta. I died. I loved it. Okay, so the new guy we're talking about, yes, and, and curly red hair, it even says in the book, yeah. uh, which your hair is a little bit curly. Yeah, depends on the humidity, but, <laughs> right, you know. Right. <laughs> so maybe when you're in Atlanta, it's curly. Yeah, it's pretty curly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's funny that we should be talking about, a, the character is a boy, his name is A.J. Morgan, and he's an important new guy, and he's new to Sweet Valley. But the funny thing is that, Normally, when I have people return to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast, it's because of a recurring character. And the cover of Slam Book Fever would have us believe that this is a book that is an Amy Sutton book, right? Mm -hmm. And you were yes. you have been an Amy Sutton discusser in your last episode, at least, was about Amy Sutton's arrival on the scene. Correct. But, um, I feel like it's a bit misleading. She's like heavy in the in the opening scene, and then we kind of lose track of her. Right. So on the cover of this book, we have a Amy Sutton looking cute as can be, and she's got a composition notebook open. She's thinking really hard about what she wants to write in it. And right behind her, in just like a really jazzy sweater, like uncharacteristically colorful striped sweater for these covers is Jessica Wakefield looking over her shoulder like, hey, what are you writing in there? She's like, are you writing something about me? Because I have a lot of opinions on what that should be. I mean, I was just assuming this is Amy Sutton. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually going to ask how you could tell, but then I was like, she's done all of these books, so she probably knows <laughs> who is I mean, who at this who point. who else would it be, they though? Just, it's not Lila know, they Fowler. They all have blonde hair, so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not Lila. <laughs> so the characters, you know, it's not the other major girls in this book are Lila Fowler. We've got Olivia Davidson. Those are like the main girls. I think it is the blonde. Blondness is actually not super common in these girls. Not as common as you would think. But oh. Amy's blonde. Or is it is one of the Wakefields holding the book and Amy cheering them on behind them? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe if you have face blindness, but anybody could see that the girl behind <laughs> Amy Sutton is Jessica Wakefield. But no, so Amy Sutton comes into this book, guns blazing. She's got this, uh, she's been in Sweet Valley for a, f- a few months now, and she's all hot to trot on this new idea from her old school uh, called Slam Books. Mm-hmm. And she's really excited about what they are. And over the course of this book, which well, this book takes place over what, like a week? Yeah, like not a long period of time. You no, know, a lot of it is like one day. You know, much yeah, of the book happens to... on one like beach day. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And I have a feeling that our. I was thinking about it as I was reading this book. We were exchange- Denise and I were exchanging text messages last night about reading this book and how stressful <laughs> it was. But I- as I got to the end, I was like, oh, my gosh, our discussion of this book is going to sound like two high school girls, like, gossiping about what's going on at high school. Maybe this podcast is always that. I don't know. But it's like, oh, then this person said this, and then then Elizabeth did this, and Jeffrey did this, and Lila did this. it just occurred to me that we missed – a huge opportunity. We should have made our own slam books for this book. Oh, well, I think that's a great <laughs> idea. But um, I have a little surprise in store for the extra drama bonus episode of this podcast that is slam book related. Um, oh, and, you know, in God. fact, we can say a little bit more about our like slam book histories or whatever in the bonus episode, maybe. But I am curious, do you do you have any personal experience with slam books? A little, but I could not, I wouldn't say I'm on Amy's level by any right. means. She uh, seems to be an expert. Um, you know, what's funny, what actually really came to mind, even though it wasn't technically a slam book, um, I had, uh, remember the Hello Kitty store? Like the, was it Cario? Oh, yeah. Sanrio. Sanrio, that's what I, oh my God. Um and they had all the different characters, and you could like go in and buy your merch based off like whichever character. Oh you boy, do get. I! My oh, melody. That's my shit. My melody. Oh, so good. <laughs> and I can't remember which character my book was, but I had a book that the cover was like that puffy plastic. Oh, and on my the gosh. inside, it was basically like. Uh, your favorite movie, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. And so it wasn't really a slam book, but it was a similar concept where you had to sort of like fill in these these uh, categories. And it was a uh, like a private kind of, not quite a diary, not quite a slam book sort of situation. And Absolutely. my mind kept going back to that book, even though it wasn't exactly the same thing. It was, that's what I kept thinking of when I was reading this. Yes, you know what, that is actually exactly how the slam, not the Sanrio part, but the slam book's <laughs> existence in my own 
girlhood is also much like what you're describing, which is different from, it's different from two things. A lot of people hear the word slam book and their mind probably goes straight to mean girls to the burn Mm. book, right? Mm Because a slam is another word for a burn. Um, And... But the burn book was just, I was thinking about this in the shower last night. <laughs> the burn book <laughs> is just like a list of mean things that you have to say about people, right? It's like you're getting out all your vitriol, right? Yeah, I feel like the burn book, which, by the way, is for sure the most like classic, iconic example of this sort of situation. Um, thank you, Tina. But uh, <laughs> I think it's it, it was mean girls trying to feel better about themselves Whereas this one isn't super far off, but I think they they meant well in right. creating this. Versus, well, as we'll see, they kind of double down quite often on like it's just for fun. It's just for fun. Nobody's going to yeah. get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so what we have here in these slam books is different from what Denise and I had as girls. It's different from the burn book. It's a middle road. Here, here's a little description from right at the very top of the book that shows Amy's like excitement. Slam books? Jessica unwrapped her sandwich. What are they? Amy tossed her blonde hair back over her shoulders. I told you before, they're exactly what Sweet Valley High needs. In fact, I can't even believe you guys don't have them here yet. Everyone had them in Connecticut. And then she uh, explains how Amy got to Sweet Valley. Go on then, tell us what they are, Jessica said. Okay, here's the deal. Amy was obviously enjoying being the center of attention at the lunch table. She cleared her throat, paused, and slowly looked at each girl around her. Everyone who wants to take part buys a notebook. Any notebook is fine, but we can all get the same ones. The best ones, like the ones we used back in Connecticut, are those black and white speckled ones. You know, composition books. You write your name on the inside cover, next you divide your book up into the girls' part and the boys' part, and then you start inventing categories. Best looking, for instance, are most popular. We had lots of different categories. Best sense of humor, biggest flirt, best kisser, things like that. You get the idea. You invent a bunch of categories and swap books with someone else. Then you fill in names in their book and swap again. At the end of the day, you return the notebook you've got to the girl whose name is on the inside cover. Wow, Amy, that sounds great, Lila explained. So Amy is very, she's like really excited about establishing a very specific rule of law surrounding these slam books. I also want to just point out that I absolutely love the sentence uh, that is in the, you mentioned that there was an introduction of Amy a little bit in the middle of there. And it says, already Amy had gotten a reputation for being, among other things, boy crazy, slightly bossy, and somewhat snobby. (laughs) Real gem. And then she talks for a full page explaining slam books. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Amy basically disappears into the background of this book, which is why it's kind of like, oh, it's funny that I asked Denise to do this. But oh, lo and behold, here's this redheaded Atlantan that is uh, showing up here. But Amy appears later in the book to be like, do you think everyone will remember that this was my idea when it catches (laughs) on? Because I really want to make sure people know this was my idea. (laughs) She feels like an outgoing politician who's like, will they remember my legacy? She's like at the end of Hamilton where she's like, who lives, who dies, who tells my story? (laughs) I did the slam books. I brought them here. And everyone's like, all right, hon, calm down. Oh, my gosh. Even Jessica was like, sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> so Jessica is like daydreaming. Yeah, she was she was it's fun to watch Jessica be like Amy chill out. Like we just see inside <laughs> Jessica's head when she's just like, "Boy, I can be exuberant, but this girl is really next level." Mm-hmm. Um Amy has pretty much only wrought evil and bad things everywhere she goes in Sweet Valley since she arrived in your last book. It will probably yeah. come as no surprise to hear. No, I mean, she did not have, she has not done well in my eyes. And to be fair to Amy, which maybe based on what you just said, she doesn't deserve. I haven't read the other books, but so far <laughs> I have not gotten a great glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, these everybody takes a special trip to the stationery store, and they all get these composition books, and pretty soon a lot of girls are involved, and, you know, unsurprisingly, nice people like Elizabeth and Enid are skeptical that this whole idea is bound to get out of hand and hurt people's feelings pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They're so smart. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty bummed that Enid was a... She was not very present in this She book, was, yeah. Was, there was no room for Enid in this one. There was no room. I Although, hope she made the slam book. If Elizabeth had, like, consulted Enid on some of these issues that Elizabeth is facing in this book, she probably would have made different choices. Mm. Um, but I guess that's mm-hmm. happened before. Um, yep. So. Oh, can I? I have one highlight in here on the first page, ooh, if you don't mind. Do share. I thought it was just so funny, and I'm not really sure why. It just really, it got to me. It tickled me. Where it says, uh, it was a longstanding tradition to needle Lila about her father's incredible wealth. As the only daughter of a computer tycoon, Lila was used to what she called, quote, certain fineries. Apparently, special chicken, capitalized, wasn't one of them, (laughs) exclamation point. I don't know why, but that sentence... Just really did it for me. I really like that. I thought it was so great. As like a joke. <laughs> that was like a genuinely funny joke in the beginning of the book. Because special chicken. Uh, special chicken. Special chicken is what's not they're eating at the in the cafeteria. So I thought that was a fun, a fun dry joke right at the top of the book. I loved um, it. It really set the tone, which I liked. So the first person who has her feelings hurt by the slam book, hilariously and bewilderingly, is Jessica Wakefield. And this was even before they started writing in it, isn't it? Like, they were just spitballing, and she's like, what? (laughs) Right. Because everybody's saying that Jessica will be written down as being the most flirtatious. And Jessica's like, "Uh, excuse me, I'm not a flirt. I'm not flirtatious. And everybody, like, people, every time she asserts this throughout the book, whoever she's talking to inevitably is like, ha, 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 ha. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I thought, wait, you're serious? You don't think you're a flirt, but what about your entire life philosophy of flirting all the time with any man? Oh, my God. Also, what do you call wrapping boys around your finger? Like, is that not flirting? Because you have espoused that as a thing that you like to do on countless occasions. Also, you would have thought somebody was, like, most likely to end up in Rikers for multiple murders. Like, she was so offended by it. And I'm like... Yo, dude, this is your life. Yeah. And also, they literally just called you a flirt. It's not like... <laughs> yeah, they called flirt. Heinous. Right, yeah. as if as if they were saying something really terrible about her, mm-hmm. as opposed to just, like, describing her personality. Now, part of the... Like, um, a big part of the reason that Jessica 
doesn't want to be to have a reputation as being a flirt is because there's this new guy, AJ Morgan, who's really cute and really is stirring up unusual feelings in Jessica, like not just like lust, but like a real crush. And we'll get to that. But she she has a bad reaction to being called a flirt even before she lays eyes on AJ. Oh, yeah. Here's a funny here's a funny part. I thought I loved this because it really catalogs Jessica's exploits. This is from page 34. Since when have you guys seen me flirting? Lila started to tick off on her fingers. Remember the chef who taught the gourmet cooking class? What about all those friends of Steve's from college? Kara added. Kara dated Steven, the twins' older brother, and knew how many times Jessica had fallen for one of his friends, or at least flirted with them. Not to mention Aaron Dallas, Nicholas Morrow, Lila offered, and Alex Kane, Kara added, referring to a musician Jessica had recently had a crush on. That was two books ago, guys. <laughs> and what about Jeremy Frank? Lila demanded. Jessica cut her off. That was all ages ago. It's ancient history. Can't you guys see I've changed? Lila and Carol looked at her, then at each other. You look the same to me, Lila said philosophically. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they are here to dish it out to her. They were like, we have the receipts. Take a look. <laughs> That's such an abbreviated list, too. <laughs> like, I could, off the top of my head, I'm like, what about Bruce Patman? What about Rick Andover? What about the guy that would chased you on the beach when you, in a, the book All Night Long? What about... Well, this is book 48. She's had so many yeah. opportunities. What about Roger Patman, who it, they actually talk about in this book? So one of the plot lines of this book is that Olivia Davidson, who is the editor of The Oracle, the newspaper, and who is starting a new literary magazine that she's desperate to get people interested in, but it's like one one step too far for most of the Sweet Valley High students. She has been always throughout for many books now dating Roger Patman, um, who used to be called Roger Barrett, and they break up. What did you think about that, Denise? I was honestly mostly shocked by his backstory. That really that really threw me as I have not been reading the other books. It's one of those um, classic moments in these books where like suddenly they throw an entire book's backstory into one paragraph. I think the other one wasn't was it Enid? Somebody was like in a helicopter crash and they're like, remember when she was in a coma? And I was like, right. what? That's actually one of the great pleasures of this podcast is as I'm rereading, coming across those passages and being like, oh, yeah, my guest is going to think that's really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Roger Patman, his uncle, his mom died and his uncle was Bruce Patman's dad and blah, blah, blah. Now he's rich. But I thought it was so weird that the this has not been planted in previous books that Olivia and Roger are having problems. It's just like all of a sudden they break up because they keep on having arguments. And it's just like it happens early on in the book. And they just don't even we don't even really know what happened. Mm -hmm. I will say it did feel very high school to me. You know, I feel like in middle school, uh, I say middle school, it's even more so there because nothing really means anything in middle school. But in middle school and high school, I feel like relationships start very quickly and then they end very quickly because no one knows what they're doing. And they're just sort of like, do we want to go out? And it's like, yeah. So (laughs) having not had any of the backstory for this, aside from his (laughs) 
insane little biography section. It felt just very real to me and that it's sort of like, well, we were fine, but now I guess it's over and it's the end of the world, even though we were only dating for two months. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but well, that's, I guess, an outsider perspective because I did I did not have their, I did not read yeah. the previous books on that. Well, it's funny. It's funny that that, it's kind of ironic in a way that that is your takeaway. Like, oh, well, I didn't get their backstory, so it seemed very real to me. Because I'm sitting here thinking, I have their backstory, so it doesn't seem, it doesn't, it's not that it, their breakup doesn't seem real. It's that I think it's weird that we are not given it's so vague it's very it's very vague like what it is that's wrong which i guess i mean in a way that's realistic a lot of, i mean couples in these books tend to break up for specific reasons but in reality it tends to be more of a general thing and that's it's for the for olivia and roger it's like they they've been fighting more than they've been getting along and it's bad for both of them and here there's a passage here where when they do break up on page 40 where Rogers picked her up. It says, They said little as they drove through the winding streets toward her house. How's the magazine going? Roger asked her. Fine. Olivia tried to smile, but felt tears pricking behind her eyelids. It was so painful making small talk with him when she loved him more than anyone in the world. But somehow things had just gone wrong between them. There was no denying it anymore. And then Roger breaks up with her. (laughs) Also, am I correct in that we never see him again? He's just, like, gone? Yeah, he's gone for the rest of the... I mean, we'll see him again, gladiators. Don't worry, Roger will be back. But, um, but yeah, for the rest of this book, he's a non-entity. Yeah. But we do learn that he is a person that Jessica flirted with. So just add him to the list. She's a flirt. I mean, I don't have to convince you, gladiators. Even if you're one of the listeners that hasn't read these books and you have just been listening to me talk about these books with my friends for the past 48 episodes, you know that Jessica is a flirt. It's like a core facet of her personality. So um, it's like she has a dissociative disorder in this book. It's so weird. It is very disturbing and also it doesn't make any sense like why is she so mad about it when it seems to be something that she typically like totes around with pride do you know what I mean yeah well the one thing that starts to make it kind of kind of makes sense is that she's having this weird emotional reaction to this new guy AJ Morgan where she can't really flirt with him like she's so shut down by her like she's overcome with like emotion when she sees him she gets confused it's just like she is she's not really herself around him and she feels like she's learned that he doesn't really like flirtatious girls she doesn't want him to to think of her as a flirt so it's this weird convergence of like her personality actually changing and her wanting not wanting like the idea that she's some kind of man-eater to get around to the guy that she likes (laughs) Yeah, she, like, turns into a normal girl. She turns into one of us. <laughs> Where she's like, oh, that's my crush, and I don't know what yeah. to say. Oh, Hi. yeah. It was so much fun to watch her, like, not be able to talk to him and not be able to think of anything to say. There's a scene where they're at a basketball game, and AJ Morgan is, like, a new center on the basketball team, and the cheerleaders are cheering, and Jessica keeps on fucking it up because she's like staring at him and like the ball rolls toward her and he's like running to get it. And they're all like, Jessica, get the ball, like give it back to him. And she thinks, what if our hands touch? 
I was getting major like high school musical vibes from that scene. Yeah. I was just picturing oh, yeah. like Zach Efron trotting up in his basketball uniform. <laughs> there is a fantasy for you, listeners. Right? One can only wish. <laughs> and you're the cheerleader and the ball is rolling <laughs> right toward you. And he's coming toward you. He's walking. He needs the ball and you have it. And you're the only one that can give it to him. And you're too scared to do it. Oh, well, now you ruin the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is pick up the ball and hand it to him and say, here you go. And then he'll wink at you and then you'll know. Oh, my God. Then you know for sure. It's on, baby. Zach <laughs> Efron, AJ Morgan guy. One and the same. I did also love all the scenes with his friends where they're like, yo, she isn't usually like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Like, they're all very confused. And AJ's just like, no one understands her like I do. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> People who have known her for a long time are telling you that's not how she normally is. You should listen. Well, uh, sometimes they're saying that about Elizabeth, which we'll have to get to that part of the story. Mm, we are not true. there yet. So one important detail to know is that um, Jeffrey is a photographer. Jeffrey French, Elizabeth Wakefield's boyfriend, is a photographer. He is going to help Olivia out with the literary magazine she's trying to start. He has refused to edit, co-edit it with Olivia, as has Elizabeth. Olivia's really desperate for help, but he's agreed as a consolation prize to, like, shoot some photos, like a photo essay, and he'll make the cover of the magazine. So he, at the very beginning of the book, he cancels a date with Elizabeth because he's like, oh, shit, I forgot. Like, I'm going to go help Olivia with this thing. And Elizabeth's like, okay, whatever. But enter the slam books that everybody's got. So all these girls have them. They're passing them around. And here's another little passage. Um, Enid and Elizabeth are about to leave. And Elizabeth wants to stay because she thinks listening to slam book entries seemed like a good way to get her mind off of the fact that Jeffrey is taking pictures of Olivia. I don't know. It's Elizabeth is already in a weird place. Okay. Yeah, she's struggling. Long-time listeners can probably, like, your, your, like, Marissa Elizabeth sense is tingling, and you know how frustrated I already am with Elizabeth in this book, because she's making bad choices, and nothing triggers me more than Elizabeth making terrible decisions. <laughs> Most likely to earn a million dollars before 30, Bruce Patman, Lila read from her book. Earn it, Amy said sarcastically, that'll be the day. <laughs> Which I like that. A little bit of white privilege in this book from 1980. Eight. Love it. Most artistic, Olivia Davidson, Kara read from her book. Best legs, Erin Dallas. Most all around nice, Elizabeth Wakefield, Maria Santelli read. I have Enid Rollins for the same entry, Dee Dee Gordon chimed in. Most likely to have six kids, Jessica Wakefield. Everyone cracked up at that, and Jessica pretended to look hurried. I get all the great ones, she complained. First, I'm the biggest flirt, and now I'm the most likely to have a billion babies. The crystal ball ones are the best, Lila said. This is a new category that Amy's made up. Crystal ball, which is like future predictions. This is like their version of class superlatives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the idea. Except everybody gets to chime in. And, and so they're all, every. I, saw, I think every girl is reading from their own book all the things that other people have written in their books, because that's how these work. Okay, so Amy, what do you have under future predictions, Lila says. Amy smiled. 
Winston Egbert is most likely to run for president. Then she frowned. This is strange. Someone must be starting a bad rumor, Liz. Why? Elizabeth asked, trying not to look concerned. Because it says Olivia and Jeffrey under couple of the future in my book. In mine too, Kara exclaimed. Mine too, Dee Dee Gordon said. Everyone looked at Elizabeth, who didn't have the faintest idea what to say or do. Oh well, she said with a forced smile. You know what predictions are like. Not very likely to come true, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> every, so Elizabeth's like, okay, everybody wrote this down in my book, in everyone's book, okay. She's, she's going through it. Yeah, she's like, this is weird. But she p- tries to put it out of her head. Oh, Jeffrey and Olivia right are just thing. friends. Then what happens? Then I think it just sort of continues to be, oh, there's that that um thing at the Dairy Burger. Do you remember? Oh, what? after the game? Yeah. They're so, all at the Dairy Burger. And, oh, Liz at the game tries to have a heart-to-heart with Jeffrey. Yeah. But it's clearly not the right time or place because everybody is cheering and everyone's super into this game because apparently Sweet Valley is killing the other team. And Jeffrey and is typically, she- like, oblivious. Like, he doesn't get that Elizabeth is nervous. He's he's kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, ha, he's ha, your ha, average 16-year-old boy. <laughs> they said that? Oh, that's weird. Okay, well, these books are pretty dumb. I don't really understand them. She's, like, worried about Olivia. And he said, well, I asked her to come tonight, but she's not here so maybe she'll come to the Dairy Burger. And Elizabeth is like, yo, dude, I am trying to hang with you and he have a serious discussion. tries to use it as, a, as proof. Like, I wouldn't have invited her tonight if I to be with the two of us if I had a crush on her. That would have been. And she's like, <laughs> Elizabeth's like, yeah, I guess I follow your logic there. Uh, she's like, sure. Okay. So Elizabeth is like, not that she wanted like a refudiation like uh is that a word she wanted Um, refutation she wanted a strong refutation from jeffrey of this claim she wanted him to be alarmed the way that she was alarmed or he's like whoa babe no way yeah oh my god i would never but instead he's like what they said what all right he's like oh she's coming to the dairy burger (laughs) yeah so at the dairy burger this thing this rumor about olivia and jeffrey comes up again and a rumor somebody else has written in one of the books, Elizabeth Wakefield and A.J. Morgan. As a couple <gasps> of the done. future. And Jessica loses her shit about this, like privately. She is, I mean, like truly in like psychopath territory at this point. Yeah, the next day at home, she's like, she's so rude to Elizabeth about like borrowing her headband or some shit. She's mad. She is actively angry at Elizabeth for returning AJ Morgan's smile after they heard this rumor. And when Elizabeth is like, I don't understand what the hell is wrong with you, but like, do you have a crush on this guy? Like, why do you care? Jessica's like, no, (laughs) I don't. Like, she just can't bring herself to... T- I don't... It's so weird. Like, why wouldn't you just say, like, it's yeah, I so like him? weird. I don't get also, it. Also, even their mom is like, oh, what is... Go- you need yeah. to chill. <laughs> yeah. Why are you acting like this? Why speaking, are you being like this? <laughs> speaking of Alice Wakefield, I thought that the gladiators might enjoy this little tidbit. So... Elizabeth's trying to feel out her feelings of jealousy for about Olivia and all of the time that Jeffrey is spending with her. Oh, because Jeffrey has this really amazing sarcasm 
implied uh, idea about the photo essay he's going to do that's about a girl. And, like, at the beginning, the girl's sad. And at the end, she's happy. And it's a series of photos. <laughs> Isn't that a great idea? And, like, Olivia would be the best person to take pictures of because Elizabeth is too pretty. <laughs> she's, like, always too – he's, like, you're too sunny. Yeah. And when, when Elizabeth says that Olivia is pretty, he's, like, I wouldn't describe her as pretty. She has an interesting face. So anyway, what I'm trying, I'm like recalling every little detail of the book because they're fun. But, um, and this book has like no story. It's like all plot. It's all very dramatic. Like nothing moves anyone forward. It's just people spinning their wheels the whole time. Yeah, it's just intrigue. So, so Elizabeth has asked her mother about jealousy and her mother's like, no, no, you know how your dad and I are. Like we don't. We know that communication is important and trust is key to a relationship, but Elizabeth presses it. Mrs. Wakefield was thoughtful for a moment. You know, come to think of it, when your father first started working for the law firm where he is now, there was a young attorney named Annabelle, a British woman, very pretty, very smart, and I think very interested in dad, Mrs. Wakefield mused. I wasn't exactly jealous, but I can distinctly remember feeling uncomfortable at the thought of her pursuing him. She smiled. I'd forgotten all about that. But yes, I suppose I was a little bit jealous. I'm picturing Annabelle the doll. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be, what's her name, like Marietta something. There's somebody in the first in the first few books, Ned is working with this young partner. Her name is like Mariana... Oh, wait, Gladiators, I'm so sorry, I can't remember her name, but all the way back in book one, there was a female lawyer who was working very closely with Ned, but that's not the one that Alice was jealous of, so <laughs> this that's passage does not, it, it's not recalling anything that we know about from the history of the books, and I don't think it's going anywhere, it doesn't come back in this book, so it's just a little fun, just a little color for us. I kind of liked this because this also felt very real to me where it's like, you know, we always kind of get this little like inkling of what's going on here. And even though it's not a real thing, it's sort of like, well, that's my husband or my partner or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whoever. And I kind of liked this because it's like I was intrigued by the situation, but I wasn't exactly jealous of her. And the most important thing you can do is fully trust the person you love. And I was like, wow, that's some good parenting over here. Yeah, yeah, for a change here. Mm-hmm. No, what she, no, the story she tells is very, it's like healthy and relatable. But unfortunately, Elizabeth doesn't seem to hear it at all. Because the shit is about to hit the fan. Elizabeth gives up on trying to give Jeffrey the benefit of the doubt in like T minus five, four, three. <laughs> Um, because so she's supposed to go to the beach with him and he calls her and says hey i'm running late this photo shoot is taking longer than i planned and i'll be there at two and he's not there at two he's not there at 215 the doorbell finally rings and she's like yay jeffrey and it's not jeffrey it's kara walker and kara is looking really weird and awkward and she's just like elizabeth i don't know how to tell you this but like if you saw steve with another girl like you would tell me right like wouldn't you anyway she says that she has seen olivia and jeffrey at a rest stop somewhere and they were in, they were holding each other. They were in each other's arms. 
And here's, here's Elizabeth's reaction. Elizabeth felt the color drain from her face. Are you sure? She asked faintly. Kara nodded. You know I wouldn't say anything otherwise. No, it was definitely them. And they were definitely holding each other. Elizabeth took a deep breath. Don't jump to conclusions, she told herself. Maybe there's a perfectly rational explanation for this. She told herself sanely. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then her anger got the better of her, and she couldn't stand it anymore. Suddenly, everything seemed to add up. Jeffrey spending so much time working on the magazine, Jeffrey choosing Olivia to be his model for the photo essay, Olivia and Roger breaking up. Elizabeth was sick and tired of defending Jeffrey, trying to make up excuses for him. What explanation could there possibly be? Jeffrey was in love with Olivia, that was all there was to it. And she wasn't going to sit here and wait for him to come over and tell her so himself. No way. And it goes on like, Elizabeth felt hot tears spill down her cheeks. She couldn't believe it. How could Jeffrey do something like this to her? The thought of him holding Olivia, kissing her, made her completely sick. She felt like such a fool trying to convince herself to trust Jeffrey when all the signals had pointed to this. Well, Elizabeth wasn't going to let herself be stepped on. She loved Jeffrey, but if it was over, it was over. And she wasn't going to beg him to come back. In fact, quite the opposite. Elizabeth pulled herself up to her full height. She wasn't going to let anyone know her heart was breaking. Not Jeffrey, not anyone. And she certainly wasn't going to sit at home and mope. I don't know what this says about me, but I was like, you go, girl. I was like, you stop waiting around for him and you go to the fucking beach. Meanwhile, this is the point in time when I like throw the book down and I'm like, Denise, I hate all of these characters. I was so, I was so, because you're not, I mean, yes, not sitting around and moping, like going to the beach without him. It's all great. It's just the way that she goes from there must be a reasonable explanation to they were making out. He loves her. It's all a conspiracy. She's like, I refuse to sit in his car after they were clearly making love in it. <laughs> right. But she goes full, she goes like full the other direction. They go to the beach together and she decides I will say, to I did not support what came later. I will not support that. But the AJ flirting? Yeah. Like she really goes hard. And I understand, you know, like needing to kind of break out and do something different than your usual but i was like um she's literally just trying to make jeffrey jealous but jeffrey's not even there to see it's weird it's weird yeah i did support the her being like i'm done i will not make excuses i'm going to the beach and when she got to the beach i was like "Ooh, honey yeah (laughs) okay well because like at about four o'clock or so jeffrey and olivia show up to the beach and they're, and Elizabeth is clearly pissed. And Olivia's like, I told you she was going to be mad. And Jeffrey's like, I can explain. But Elizabeth is, she doesn't want to hear it. She's off having AJ buy her a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Which and Jessica is not about. Jessica is livid. She's like, if Elizabeth ends up dating AJ Morgan, I will never speak to her again. <laughs> literally i mean like literally that's like a quote from the book um but okay so the beach scene takes up a lot of this book and one very key detail is that lila fowler when that's the lila i mean not some other lila (laughs) when elizabeth explains what Kara saw and how she's she's feeling about Jeffrey. Lila is like, oh no, Elizabeth, 
you must be mistaken. Like, I'm sure there's a rational explanation. And when Jeffrey and Olivia show up and Elizabeth is just like off gallivanting with AJ, Lila's like, Jeffrey, I'm sure she'll understand. You just need to go between. Like, I'll go and tell her what happened. Tell her you need to talk. And Lila adds, like, I'll bet you, I will make a bet with you that I'm going to convince her to forgive you. And you know what? If I can't convince her, I am going to take you to dinner. <laughs> What's At it called? A nice La French restaurant. Yeah, I'm trying to find it in the book. Chez yes. Victoire? L'Escalier. It is L'Escalier. L apostrophe E S C. I believe that means the stairs. L'Escalier. I hope the restaurant is just like one escalator. So she loses and she has to take Jeffrey de L'Escalier. And she has to. Elizabeth is. Uh, she doesn't talk to Jeffrey all weekend. Like, she locks herself in. Oh, she goes out on a date with AJ. She goes to the movies with him. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Jessica's just sitting in a room fuming. And But Elizabeth is pretty sad because she didn't, she didn't really like AJ. So she had a good time. But she's just kind of trying to forget her sorrows. She's really using AJ. Of, she really is. And I was kind of bummed, although I understand plot-wise because it's not, it's not a major arc for Elizabeth just because she is just trying to actively get back at Jeffrey. But I was kind of bummed that they were literally just like, Elizabeth is getting ready. Okay, and it's the next morning. And last night, they went to the movies. We didn't see any of it. Yeah, we didn't get to see the date. Yeah, which mm-hmm. would have been interesting, because it sounds like Elizabeth was really laying it on thick. Like she was yeah. trying her hand. And she continues for the next day or two to really try her hand at being as flirtatious as possible. And AJ mm-hmm. is not really responding to it, which kind of makes her feel like maybe she's lost her touch or whatever. Not that she really ever had a, that much of a flirtatious touch. But I mean, Elizabeth has her moments with her boyfriends. Like she puts her arms around Jeffrey at one point in this book. And it's just like, I just want to spend a little more time with you. You know, she's, she's, mm. she's like, there's a weird moment too, where he says something to her like, oh, you always support my crazy ideas. And she says, well, I happen to be one of those crazy ideas, which really rubbed <laughs> me the wrong way. Because I was just like, Elizabeth, you know you're not just a figment of your boyfriend's imagination, right? <laughs> She's so safe. Also, <laughs> in the beginning of the book, didn't Jessica describe the two of them as like the most boring couple ever? Yeah, because someone writes them down under best couple. And she's she uh, yeah, and Jessica so, sees it in the book that she's writing in. She's like, ugh, I don't think so. She's like, ugh, whatever. So all of this is just so wild to me because I'm like, what? Well, and everybody's in love, you but, know, just like Olivia was in love with Roger more than anybody in the world. Like Jeffrey and Elizabeth are, are in love. So it's so fickle. Elizabeth, you know, she Jeffrey calls all weekend, and Elizabeth doesn't take his calls. And finally, it's Monday. It's another one of these classic. Fast forwarding through the weekend scenes. Just another manic Monday. And suddenly now, Elizabeth is more ready than ever to talk to Jeffrey. She just wants to clear the air. And Jeffrey is such a dumb shit. What does he do? Do you remember what he does? Um, I Elizabeth don't. says, let's talk over lunch. I really want to clear the air with you. <gasps> Oh, yes. Jeffrey's like, oh, my God, Liz, you're not going to believe this. But I told Olivia I would help her with the magazine at lunch. 
And Jessica's like, Jeffrey. Okay. Well, I see that I'm not your priority. Olivia is. So fuck you. Go to hell. And she goes off to try to flirt with AJ again. And I, at this point, I actually don't blame her anymore because it's so, it's such a bad move on Jeffrey's part. It's so bad. Jeffrey, get it together. Read the room. Like, look, buddy, I appreciate. where yeah. I thought I wasn't making out with her, but I am oh. not going to have this relationship-defining yeah. conversation with you because I have to go. Right, work gladiators. With her, so. The um, we, we skipped over the the explanation of what was happening between Jeffrey and Olivia when he was like holding her, and it's that she had something in her eye. It sounds like a lie. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for it. It does but not. It's sound... not a lie, but it sounds like a lie. Also, like. In order to look at someone's eye, you don't have to be in their car. Yeah, but you arms. know what? Kara you know was, what like, mean? driving at 60 miles an hour past their car. So I don't know why she thinks that she saw <laughs> whatever she thinks she saw. So, you know? Also, can I, um, if we go back a little, I think we missed that Olivia came to the Wakefield house. Oh, right. Over the weekend, she is trying to apologize yeah. to Elizabeth, but Elizabeth's not there. And so she ends up talking to Jessica. And Jessica is surprisingly nice to Olivia. <laughs> this is like a Freaky Friday situation. Well, and now, yeah, that happens sometimes in these books. But now, um, now, this is when the book becomes, in addition to everything else it is, it becomes a little bit of a mystery. Because Olivia has a theory about these slam books. She thinks that somebody, whoever it is that wrote Olivia and Jeffrey as couple of the future is someone trying to break up Jeffrey and Elizabeth. And that since Mm -hmm. you don't write in your own book, and everybody seems to have this written in their books, if they can gather enough people's slam books, then and like look through them all, then whoever the only if there's only one person who doesn't have Jeffrey and Olivia written in the future of the couple, couple of the future (laughs) section, (laughs) then that is our their culprit. Also, I know this is in the 80s, but what an insane couple of the future sounds so weird. Like, it sounds like they're talking about, like, Bill and Ted at the <laughs> end when they're in, like, the future. What? Even though I know it's just like, oh, they're going to probably date. <laughs> but couple of the future just sounds so funny to me and so ridiculous. But yeah, Olivia's, Olivia is suspicious. She is like, I don't know what's going on. She's ready to get to the bottom I'm just of trying it. to live my broken up yeah. life. <laughs> She's like, Jessica, you have to believe me. It wasn't me that did it. And Jessica does believe her. So Jessica dresses up as Elizabeth on Monday. She borrows Elizabeth's skirt and she pretends to be Elizabeth, saying that she's going to write about the results of the slam books in the eyes and ears column of the newspaper. <laughs> and people just give their slam books to this faux Elizabeth. They're like, sure, great. I love it. So trusting. But one person is not fooled by Jessica's disguise. Let me see if I can find this sign, <gasps> this this scene. And it can be the part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Oh, 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 a beautiful boy, a beautiful boy. So AJ comes up to Jessica, who is dressed as Elizabeth. She's wearing a blue sweater and a skirt, Elizabeth's sweater and skirt. 
And AJ says, it's about time we talked. I've been doing a lot of thinking and I just can't keep quiet anymore. I've been thinking about you. And um, she says, AJ, I'm not who you think I am. AJ still had his hand on her arm. He propelled her into the student lounge and shut the door. What do you mean? He asked, facing her squarely. Jessica gulped. I'm not Elizabeth. That's what I mean. I see. AJ crossed his arms. And why do you think I thought you were Elizabeth? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to do a fake Southern accent in front of you, Denise. Um, <laughs> you're... If he's from true Atlanta, he probably doesn't have a thing. <laughs> like you don't. Um, anyway, but he, he turns out that he doesn't think she's Elizabeth. He saw Elizabeth earlier in the day and she was wearing a pink sweater. And like, so he knows she's Jessica. Uh, Jessica's heart was pounding so hard she thought she was going to faint. She's excited. Like, he, it seems like he has a crush on her, not on Liz. And, or he's interested. AJ asserts that, like, he doesn't understand how anyone could have put Jessica down as the biggest flirt in the slam books because she's so shy compared to Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> and it says, and that's why I like you. I like girls who are a little bit on the shy side. It may be old-fashioned of me, but I like to be the one who chases the girl, not the other way around. Jessica stared at him. If anyone else had said that, she would have burst out laughing. But since it was AJ, and since she was madly in love with him, she looked demure and nodded sweetly. Oh, I agree with you. Totally, she said. I hate it when girls chase guys. Ugh. Selling us out, Jessica. And then anyway. the next sentence, AJ says, you're the kind of girl who really likes to listen to a guy. You're not aggressive. You're sweet, gentle, the sort of girl I can completely trust. AJ, shut <laughs> the fuck up. I will kill you. Okay. So Jessica's in okay. love. AJ <laughs> is an old fashioned fella. And Jessica and Olivia have uncovered something. Gladiators, can you guess? You have all the clues. Can you guess who it is that maybe uh, wrote down Olivia Davidson and Jeffrey French in Couple of the Future in the Crystal Ball section of everybody's uh, slam books except her own? Call in now and text 333. <laughs> yeah. We have a, an email address. You can email me at sweetvalleydiaries at me.com if you've guessed it. But I will not be checking that email address before the end of this recording. And in fact, you will not be <laughs> you will not be hearing this <laughs> recording until it's finished recording and edited. Uh, yeah, it was Lila. It was mm. Lila all along. Okay, here's what I keep trying to say, but I'm like, we're not there yet. It- Maybe this is because we got it from Jessica's point of view. And I feel like she always sort of feels this way about Elizabeth and her, her bows, if you will. But she's like, they're the most boring couple in the world. And I'm like, why is Lila after this dude? If he's boring as hell, like, yeah, (laughs) what does she get from this? I don't know. I found it very baffling. Well, if you are a, Longtime listener of Sweet Valley Diaries, or if you read along with the series, you may recall, although even I had forgotten at this point, that when Jeffrey first moved to Sweet Valley, Lila was after Jeffrey then. It was like between Lila and Elizabeth. But everybody, yeah, so, and I think that the only reason Jessica thinks that Elizabeth and Jeffrey are a boring couple is because they are going steady. It's like they, 
there's they're like an old yeah, married couple exactly it's like there's no intrigue okay. there's no drama like it's i don't know why she why you would want that in your relationship but jessica does so <laughs> um, but now i'm like <laughs> but don't worry he's not the biggest <laughs> there's lots of intrigue and drama in this book though so if anything jessica should be thanking lila for spicing up elizabeth and jeffrey's relationship she is getting her fair share so uh Elizabeth, they tell Elizabeth what happened. Elizabeth realizes that she's just a real dumbass. And she (laughs) writes this cute (laughs) little note to Jeffrey where she says, Elizabeth Wakefield slam book. One, most sorry, Elizabeth Wakefield. Two, most eager to make up, Elizabeth Wakefield. Three, feeling like the biggest jerk, Elizabeth Wakefield. Four, jumping to the most ridiculous conclusion, Elizabeth Wakefield. Five, most in love with her boyfriend, Elizabeth Wakefield. Six, most willing to talk about what she did wrong and why, Elizabeth Wakefield. Seven, most likely to be waiting for you when you get out of the lab, Elizabeth Wakefield. I think that's so cute. so cute that I'm laughing and I was going to stop reading it after like two, but I was like, no. Gladiators need to hear. they're all so good. I like the two-parter of most willing to talk about what she did wrong and why. <laughs> yeah. This is reminding me that Elizabeth, you know, is a writer. And something that a lot of guest readers have asked me about, and I have wondered about myself over the course of the podcast, is why is Elizabeth the eyes and ears column editor when this is this gossip column and Elizabeth is not a gossip. And this book actually addresses that a little bit. Elizabeth is like, I can't just write unsubstantiated rumors in my column. You have to be, people send me things all the time to post and I have to be judicious about what I include. She says that when she's talking about why the slam books are dangerous because like a rumor could get started, which is of course exactly what happens. You think she'd see it coming. But I thought that was some interesting Mm -hmm. insight. Elizabeth is saying like, you need to have a, a steady hand at the wheel of this gossip column section or else it'll create havoc. Right. Like, even though it's a gossip column, she's still a journalist, you know, she's still going to do her due diligence. So, I mean, the last, the last uh, couple chapters of this book are kind of just setting up the next book, which is basically, Jessica is head over heels with AJ. She finally reveals to Elizabeth that she had a crush on him all along. And Elizabeth is like, why didn't you just tell me that idiot? But she's also somewhat concerned, (laughs) because she sees how AJ has fallen in love with a version of Jessica that is not very much like Jessica. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's asking her, she's like, what do I need to read? Because he likes poetry. Yeah. And she's like, here's this book. And she's like, ew, I'm not going to read this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I was actually very, I was sort of like, I need to read the next book because I need to see AJ be like, oh, ew. You don't just do whatever I tell you, and you don't just like all the things that I like. Well, one thing that's kind of strange little nuance to Jessica in this book is that she is not actually, for most of this book, trying to change her personality to impress AJ. It's that her crush on AJ changes how she behaves. She behaves differently around him. She's not doing it on purpose. But as soon as we get to the, like, 
denouement of the book and like setting up the next one yeah jessica is already trying to like bend over backwards to form herself into the kind of girl she thinks aj will like they go together to the to the literary magazine like release party where there are 12 people drinking soda in mr collins classroom (laughs) and uh olivia's like since when do you like literary magazines and jessica's like shut the fuck up she's told aj that she's writing a children's story and elizabeth is like you're doing what now (laughs) what a weird lie but i especially love when jessica Hey, boys and girls, this is how to become the code captain of the children. <laughs> yeah, I especially like it when Jessica asks Elizabeth if Emily Dickinson or John Keats are any good. <laughs> She's like, those are some are poets I've heard of. Are they any good? And Elizabeth is just dumbfounded. She's like, I think you got to read the poems and decide yourself who you like. I don't know. What do you think the odds are that Jessica makes Elizabeth go on a date with AJ to discuss poetry? <laughs> yeah, she's like, wear the blue sweater, the blue sweater. He thinks that's mine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Denise. Well, believe it or not, Gladiators, uh, that's the whole book. That's what happens in this book. And I'm wondering, Denise, if it's hard to answer this question, but we always try to answer it on, on, on this podcast. Do you think of yourself now as more of an Elizabeth or more of a Jessica? Or someone else? Hmm... It's a tough question. I feel like it's tough for this book because... Elizabeth sucks and Jessica's being weird. Yeah, they kind of switch it up a little bit and they're not fully themselves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is there another character you relate Um, to more? Like, say, Olivia Davidson or Amy Sutton? Yeah. I I am always an Amy Sutton. Just kidding. Um, I feel like... On a typical day, I'm a little bit of both twins. Um, I feel like I have the energy and the outgoingness and the social life of Jessica without, like, the bad judgment. Yeah, you're like a mature Jessica. Um, Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I don't know. I feel like Olivia kind of got the shit end of the stick on this one. And... While I haven't been in that exact situation before, I do sort of feel like I could appreciate what she was going through. And with her being like, oh, my God, I like thought I was hanging out with a friend and I swear I did not mean to hurt our friendship. I feel like that's something that people always go through, whether if it's over a boy or whether it's over something else. I feel like there's always something in your high school life where you're like, oh, my God, I've alienated my friend and I didn't mean to like that wasn't my intention um and I appreciated how she was open about it and was willing to find what the problem you know the source of the problem she was willing to get in there and figure it out and uh so I kind of liked that about Olivia yeah definitely so whether or not I'm her I don't know but I think she's who I was most drawn to she definitely comports herself the best because she doesn't do anything wrong like she's not privy to Jeffrey's plans with Elizabeth so when she asks him Mm -hmm. hey can you do this and he says yes that's not on her (laughs) to know that she's (laughs) you know messing up his plans with his actual girlfriend don't you have lunch with Elizabeth today what are you doing I like Olivia a lot. What else do we do on this podcast? Well, I think I think that's it. We can talk more. I'm excited to talk more in extra drama about the slam book idea and about a special little slam book that a certain gladiator sent me in the mail. 
but we'll talk more about that um, next week. And in the meantime, Denise, I mean, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I just emptied my compost and there was some usable soil in there. So there congratulations. I wish I had a compost. Thanks. Yeah, that's all I have going I'm on. I'm really everywhere. impressed with that. <laughs> and um, gladiators, you can follow Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries, where every week uh, when the episodes come out, I post something fun. And I also try to add to stories like passages uh, that are funny from the book. You know, it's fun. And uh, on Sweet Valley at Twitter, I mean, on Twitter at Sweet Valley. And what else are we doing? I said the email address already. And um, I think that's about it. Um, I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving next week. I know that if you're in the States, Thanksgiving is next week and things are weird. But you know, just take a moment to be grateful for the things that aren't weird. And if you don't have a giant meal with your family, that's okay. There will be other chances to do that. And that is all I have to say. Denise, thank you so much for being here. Gladiators, thank you so much for listening. I love you. This was so fun. Okay. Goodbye. Oh, shit. I know what we forgot to do. I forgot to ask you to tease the next book in the series, which is the ending. It's probably because the whole last two chapters of this book are kind of a tease for what's happening. Yeah. We like basically yeah sometimes the tease comes along and it's like the gladiators are like i have no idea what you're what or who you're even talking about but this time (laughs) it's familiar but still since it's our tradition would you mind reading the final italicized paragraph of book number 48 would love to this went on for so long that i actually kind of expected it to like keep going and then it ended and i was like oh okay (laughs) i'll get you the next one (laughs) i'll get you I was like, are we in we'll the We'll get next you a book 49. We'll get you a copy. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> Will Jessica convince AJ that she's the girl for him? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 49, Playing for Keeps. Let's see what happens. Let's. Also... Why are they called gladiators? Oh, it's because that that's a school, school mascot, mascot, and it almost never, ever comes up. And in a previous book, uh, or sorry, in a previous episode, um, I had these guys on, Jack and Tanner, who are the hosts of a wonderful Babysitter's Club podcast that is much more popular than this podcast called Babysitter's Club Club. And they refer to their listeners as Baby Nation. And so Jack asked me what... what I refer to my listeners as, like, on air. And so Gladiators was kind of invented Uh in that episode. Nice. Um, I was like, it must be the school mascot, but also I haven't actually read that, so I'm not really sure. they never (laughs) talk about it. So it would be easy to miss. (laughs) Like, it almost (laughs) never comes up. It's so weird. Okay. This will be a good tag for the episode.